TC and Jake Emma Thompson Frank Langella Comedian Dupree And me, Hana Or Hank Kingsley And now because the governor calls TC and Jake Hey guys, you're going to have to excuse Jake, he just woke up. He's kind of sleepy, he's got to knock the rust off. <laughs> what happened? What What are you talking about? Oh no, it's me. Oh, I yeah. I just woke up. Yeah. Sorry, I was confused there, you'll have to pardon me, it's because I just woke up. Right, you were confused about who was sleepy. Yeah, when I called you a minute ago, I was like, vitals are at a concerning level to start. You, uh, you, ever, you ever wake up disoriented? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Dude, yeah, for sure. That's a big part of the reason I started taking fucking nighttime medication. Yeah. Uh, wake up in the middle of the night and be like, in a sense of like mania. I'm I'm, like, I don't know what's going on right now, but it feels like someone's sitting on my chest. I got a weird chest thing going on right now. That's tight. Yeah, super tight. I can actually feel it. You want to feel it? No. I don't want to feel it. But it I don't hurt. think I've ever felt your chest before. And this I'd is like too to high to be my, going. This is too high to be my heart, right? I don't know that. That's not helpful. Feels like heart's more. I don't think mine's beating. (laughs) Speaking of waking up in the middle of the night, I've zombie king. There's been times where I wake up in the middle of the night, really over just mainly over the last few months because I haven't been as consistent about taking nighttime meds. Whenever I'm gonna take the old three a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where I'll like look at my whoop, which I'm not wearing right now. Um. But it'll say like, uh, you know, I don't know, 75, like normal heartbeat. And I'm like, no fucking way. Mm-hmm. Like we're at one set. I know, I know my heart is beating out of my chest right now. Mm-hmm. And, and what'll uh, happen? What's the, who's I, right? I think who's right is probably the piece of technology uh, that is set up to be right and not the person who is living through a manic hypochondriac state. <laughs> we're, okay. We're, I mean, I was ready to give you credit for knowing your body. You would think. Better than some computer. You would think. But then again, I also tried to uh, run a half marathon on no training. So when it comes to knowing your body. I mean, some people can do it. Yeah. You know, I didn't actually tell you this because uh, I was crestfallen after your brother sent you the stats and you were dunking on me. That's not what happened. I don't think I would have run. Only half of that happened. <laughs> I don't think I would have run the half marathon had that Asian gentleman not made worldwide news for running a full while chain smoking. Yeah. Like I was wavering and mm-hmm. I saw that and I was like, come the fuck on. Yeah. Like I got a, I got an Annie up here. Well, yeah, he's a special guy, dude. Don't. <laughs> yeah. But you just want to be more in his image, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's like, true. Like they say about all great. Yeah. I would have just done <laughs> the chain leaders. smoking. Then you're half, you only did half as it stands. I did whenever I was, uh, cause you know, there's a long line for the bathrooms mm-hmm. beforehand. Okay. Um, is that why I saw that one guy in Berlin just pull off and fucking take his dick out of the bottom of his shorts? Uh, well, the guy who was actually leading New York, I believe, lost his pace and lost. Yeah. Yeah. But that was for piss, and he did it. He went to a porta potty, but I did not see. Yeah, the I'm, guy. I'm always accusing my family of uh, 
releasing on themselves in all sorts of ways during marathons. So anytime someone actually does, they let me know. I saw a guy taking a shit. <laughs> they've they've identified that as kind of my zone. I couldn't believe it. See, I'm saying it was over by like the KERA building. Like kind of in that area. <laughs> There's like a little enclave right there. And like he just fucking just off of Harry Hines just took a shit you, in like bushes? Yes. No way. Absolutely. I was I it was oh so God. stunning. And that's pretty early. Yeah. Like that's not that far along the route. And uh they just got you in that corral for so long. And, and I think it was it was it's kind of hard to explain, but it was a situation where if you were running straight or you know, if you're running on the course, um the the bushes are over to your that's left. That's the only way I'll do it, dude. Running straight. Of course. The bushes are over to your left. Um but there's like there's a building that you have to pass and then the bushes start and I passed and I was on like the, the outside left and I look over and he was, I mean, he was like opening his ass cheeks into the bushes. Hey, come on. And it was so shocking that I ran backwards for a good yeah five or so seconds just to sear into my, like, I'm like, I'm not actually seeing this. I got video of the guy pissing in Berlin. I think that you probably should have, I mean, like, what's it going to be on your time anyway, you know? What do you mean? get video of the guy shitting oh yeah i probably should have i don't want to fuck around and end up with some sort of like circuitous sex predator charge though i'll uh cop <sighs> kicker that's like, interesting yeah i'm filming a guy with his asshole <laughs> yeah but no i was thinking at the line for the the porta potties the the in the stalls or what do they call them i think that's right like the corral yeah corral uh, I was, like, as I was pissing, thinking, I got to be the only guy vaping right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In this line. I know a lot of people who love to vape. Yeah. Yeah. Did not do it, it mid-race, though. Um, man, that what, what, what would the law say about a man taking a video of another man shitting? There's no way that qualifies as porn, but I, <laughs> are things written so that, in fact, I am wrong, and it does? Dude, I don't even know. Like, I, I remember, obviously, I've like I just referenced, I've told you about the cop ill kicker story, but I just remember hearing stories of, like, a guy who took a piss. Like, and that's by, child porn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it was, like, 18 and 15. I've also since heard the guy kind of sucked, so I felt bad for... It's always hard <laughs> whenever you hear about a story of a victim who sucked. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, whatever I, I was the story of like the guy, how the Excel got shut down by the, uh, the sheriff t deputy took the kid to jail yeah. and like the people in jail, like fucking did bad things. And the kid sucked. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, no, that's tough, I didn't man. know him. Like I, I was out of there by then, but I was like to a friend who was there at the time, like, can you believe it? And he's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not saying, but I'm saying. Yeah, uh, you know, of course, I, you know, I, I support all the charges, and I don't, I don't mean to throw this at you. This one's on me. May he rest, <laughs> the victim. Okay, but uh, you know, in power. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I just always heard these horror stories of people that like uh, took a piss at a park. Yeah, and like had to register Indecent as a sex offender. exposure. Which I suppose, like, if you were going to try to, especially pre-internet, if you're going to try to soften the public perception, the community perception. Yeah, I'm on of, the list, but it was yeah, just, it was just a piss. Apart. Dude, I was behind the movie's eight. 
No, he was. It's like, come on, man. Texting twelve-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, we know what you did. Yeah, no good. We know you went. Uh, fuck! Now I'm blanking on his name. The quarterback. We know you went full kitna. <laughs> oh no! Just John worked so hard to establish that name as a, a good positive thing. Yeah, it's tough because no one else has it. And now here we are. Yeah, no. <laughs> so it's- Anytime we hear about it from the rest of, like, I don't don't even want to. So what's going on on the Hill? Fill me in on the Beltway news. I'll never know. (laughs) Dan and I were laughing about that today. Yeah. It was like half my timeline. I'm like, I don't have a fucking clue what's happening here, and I'm not going to know. And then. Guess no one wants to speak. In the house, especially. They don't want to be speaking in the house. They got a, a fear of public speaking. I guess. Which is common, I understand. It is weird, like when you see videos of uh It's most common fear. Number one fear. I've heard that. Is it do you think that's actually true? It's hard for me to imagine that it is. Because mine is like broccoli. And I feel like a lot of people are with me on that. Mine's a forced anal rape. Yeah. Well, that's a bit redundant. Oh, yeah, yeah, forced and <laughs> rape. I was like, no, anal sex, some people do that for fun. But yeah, then but you're yeah, right, you're yeah. right, you're right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It is funny, though, like, uh, this is my 30 seconds on this. Mm-hmm. I feel sad when I see AOC, like, talking to Matt Gates. Yeah. Like, in person. I mean, it's because she's such a talented a legislator, you know what I mean? Just hammering out the deals. But yeah, no, if, I'm just if like, anyone is, gets to talk to her, it shouldn't be him. It should be me. That's what I'm saying, basically. Yeah, Let's yeah. boil it down to, <laughs> yeah. you know where I'm coming from. Yeah. This has been Beltway News. Is this guy bothering you? With It's Just Panzer. <laughs> <laughs> is this guy bothering you? I was excited to learn about the uh, cheese trend on TikTok. Um I don't know if I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one I sent you. Okay. Yeah, yeah and I guess you'd probably told me that that was happening. Or maybe I don't somebody know if it's did. That's the only one I've seen. Oh, really? Yeah. I think it's been sent. I think I've seen other videos or been told about the throw cheese at a car, yeah. slice cheese, Velveeta typically. That's a good one, though. That's a great one. No, he, he has From a, a roof, they just fucking. Spun he wings it. it. Yeah. Because yeah. they have like a boomerang, like. Yeah. Curve back. It's nice. And I just. I think that was in Philadelphia. That's what it looked like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's just been a big few months for me for, uh, you know, the cultural zeitgeist sort of coming around to things that I had introduced. Everyone is on Mavs Man now. Mavs Twitter, as recently as uh, like a month ago, is like, ah, Mavs Man, that's weird. And I'm like, I know. I've been saying that. We've been talking about it for a it's long time. It's not weird now, though. Why? Because they made him a robot? I hate it. No, I mean, that's the thing. Is like, if you're going to do it, make it weird. It should be weirder. Yeah. Yeah. No, now he just, yeah, he kind of has like a Marvel look to him. It's terrible. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. They should have either uh, killed him or let him be. I think they'd probably be the ones he'd, if they just left it alone. With dimpled dermis. Mm-hmm. I think you're probably right. They're not that far off from the one seat anyways. Yeah, no, I know, but they're close, but also so far. And of course, internet on TV. 
Yeah, you know, that's yeah. <laughs> that's another one that I feel like is mm-hmm. only getting more popular. Yeah, people are saying not a lot of big developments recently, but, <laughs> but in this but, sort of milieu of yeah, yeah, <laughs> my life being uh, appreciated after the fact. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think you know I don't want to take anything from you, but like in 2007, I had my TV on like the, my computer on the TV. Yeah, but it was different. I could see this coming, and I I wanted it, and I I had it set up. I caught a lot of heat at the time. A lot of heat. People were like, "That's crazy." I just want to watch TV. It'll never happen. I'm like, "Listen, no, you yeah. you're gonna want it." Do you know that that just made me think of? Mm. Uh, I was telling somebody this story the other day. One of the guys that I tried to pitch, and I think possibly even one of them listens, um, but maybe not. I only know one of them had moved back to Dallas, but my roommates that were from Plano that were all, mm-hmm. and that's why, you know, they talked me out of it because these guys were like extremely tech savvy, as I'm about to illustrate with an anecdote. And they were like, that's nuts. We just want to watch Sports Center for the 50th time this morning. We were on the cutting edge up there. Yeah. I, yeah. I went he, to a, a learn how to make computer games camp. Of course you did. And they had that at it was it was in Plano. Of course you did. Yeah, yeah. And I mean it was overflowing. There was a bunch of other that's just the milieu we were in. That's just not an option uh where uh, where I went to high school. It was not in fact there were so few kids that were actually interested in computing that they kind of just like made their own six person school hmm. like off to the side. That's like fun. The school's like, all right, we got half a dozen smart ones here. We got one teacher. We don't have to do a big thing. These are the computer kids. Did Brevik enjoy that? Uh, Brevik, big choir guy at the time. Oh, yeah, he was always right. into technology, but he was also a choir guy. Voice like an angel. Went to go see him sing it at an old folks' home one time. That's a. Dude, I bet he could clean up around Christmas time. Yeah, uh, I don't know if they charged or not, but I, I would mean, love to see a Brevik Christmas special. So this neighbor I had from Plano, uh, he actually installed something. Maybe there was a news story about this or something recently. It, it jogged my memory. He thought his girlfriend was cheating on him. Uh-oh. And like, she probably was, mm. if I remember this relationship correctly. And he installed like a uh, keystroke tracker on our computer. Mm-hmm. This is like, 2006 and in hindsight i'm like boy that guy was he was very ahead of his time yeah <laughs> maybe not though because to me not i was like good way i found out that existed from him being like hey i installed this on fill in the blank names computer yeah and she found out somehow because she was also very tech savvy mm. yeah that's, that's tough. tough yeah i mean you know what's just a little direct communication didn't seem like there was a lot of that going on yeah not between the two of them anyways hopefully we've you know learned and grown since then i would bet against that but i haven't talked to him in a long time (laughs) um we got a weekly segment called uh notre dame bowl review we could do that right now okay killed it it was exciting uh it was a hell of a game and no the 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 aspect of the bowl i wanted to focus on the announcers were just killing me in general. Who was it? I don't. It was. I think it was uh, Stinchcomb, who I kind of remember from being like a guard for the Buccaneers. Yeah. And then I couldn't tell you on the play-by-play guy. 
But the two of them. Taylor Zarzor? Yeah, that's right. Taylor Zarzor. Interesting. I have heard of Taylor. When you say the name, I recognize it. But I watch a lot of college football. And I was a fucking pig in shit this week. Those were such good games. It was pretty great, man, because we went out of town on Friday. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're with friends in a house with uh, like a big – it was like – and we talked about this last week. It was like out on some land. They mm-hmm. have like a backyard bar. Oh, nice. And they had like a huge TV out there. And we literally just. A little Coach's Cabana? It felt very Coach's Cabana, to be honest with you. I love that. Yeah. So having four games both days was pretty tight. Yeah. No, I, I had a great time. Especially if you watch it with your friend who is a degenerate gambler. I'll bet that makes it more fun. Who has action on every single quarter of every single game. Yeah, that sounds great. I, <laughs> like, love, I, love, I love it when he loses. I love it when he wins. So I just love it. I played the uh, I played from the, the Duke's Mayo Bowl, the NC State play-by-play guy who I guess actually works for Learfield. You, you've probably all seen the story mm-hmm, by now. Mm-hmm. So that got posted. Was it from? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. Yeah, because he was. I I was initially confused. I thought that he was at the Sun Bowl. No, and I was like, why is he talking about NC State? But then I realized he's giving an update of a score from the Sun Bowl while he was doing a different bowl, which makes it even more amazing. Like, I see, because I was kind of like, boy, take like you wouldn't sit and stare the good people of El Paso in the face and say some shit like that. That's true, but a lot of times when, you, when you're when you in full announcer mode and the most announcer mode you hear a play-by-play guy be in is when he has to give an out-of-town like update, mm-hmm. to work in a racist, illegal aliens joke yeah. during the most formulaic portion. Not even really a joke. No, <laughs> there's no joke. Yeah, you're Just right. Just a take. Uh, but I played that for, for my buddy, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> we were laughing about this all weekend. Uh, I played it for him, and he was like, no, UCLA's up like 14 now. <laughs> I got to listen to me. <laughs> this is half an hour old. I'm going to play the start for you again. <laughs> I think what? You, you missed. <laughs> like he totally glossed He makes over. a good point and then he gets the score wrong. I don't know. <laughs> that was a big deal. What do you guys? <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, it was a great, it was a great couple wonderful. days. Um, but yeah, so, uh, they just, most of the time, the way that, uh, announcers are annoying, what is that they, they frame, like, usually they piss me off by framing everything through too much of a Notre Dame perspective in a way that bothers me of like, uh, you know, they're just, they're caught up in the fact that Notre Dame's playing in the game. And so the idea of like any school beating them is like so much more interesting than Notre Dame winning. Like because they're like, you know, whenever we play yeah. like UNLV, like, boy, could you imagine what it would be like for those 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 young men at UNLV? What would it mean in? to the program? Yeah, yeah. And so you're just hearing about that as we're fucking pounding them. Uh, but this one was one of the few times whenever it, it felt like uh, – for whatever reason, that they seemed much, much more enamored with the uh, the profile and pageantry of the other team, and I'm like, you know, it's South Carolina, right? Like, fucking their best time in program history was uh, like Steve Spurrier's worst years of coaching, 
<laughs> and it resulted in them like kind of thinking they might sneak into the conference championship and lose. I don't even know that they did play in a conference championship during that time. I think they probably played in one. Is it was the game on ESPN, ABC? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it that they're just trying to do an SEC suck off or? I guess that's a stretch, like, even as I'm saying. Yeah, it. dude. You know, uh, if you want to say Alabama and Georgia are special, I'm with you, but let's not pretend like. And so the, the big thing that they did is uh, this. I feel like was a little bit out of bounds. You know, if they're checking with me, the the people at TIAA Bank Stadium played Sandstorm during the game. Mm. And so they, uh, the announcers were like, <laughs> to all you Notre Dame fans out here that might not know, this is one of the great traditions in college football. <laughs> I fell out of my chair. It's, yeah. It's, what it's, the fuck are you talking about? It's not in the top 20. <laughs> Just some, like, this is a song that everyone played in stadiums when it was good. And like these cousin fuckers didn't stop. And so now it's like a big deal. And like, I know that they all think it's a big deal. Like, hey, dude, pretty cool. South Carolina, we play Sandstorm. But like, no one should join them in this. It's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. I never in a million years imagined a scenario where you were this fired up with rancor towards South Carolina. Well, they got under my skin. With, <laughs> I mean, I love it, this. but I, yeah, I. I did not see this coming. I just, I, you know, they're, I don't know, you know, just the fact that Vanderbilt's in the SEC and if they played fucking, uh, you know, fat boy slim in the fourth quarter, I, I would, it would not make it special to me. I mean, dude, show some respect well, for they, the fine people of tax layer. <laughs> they, they fucking pop this on, they pop on Darude <laughs> and then get fucking pounded by florida you know like <laughs> that's that's what's happened over and over but because they've been doing that for 20 years this is a this is a huge deal we should all like delight in this treat of playing one of the most popular stadium anthems <laughs> like i don't know i don't know i don't know um well, I'm, glad, yeah. I'm glad you got the win it was a good one i mean building and then you put hartman on top of that is that done I I was told it'll be announced uh, tomorrow or the day after. Okay. That's a pretty that, big get. That is a big get. I mean, playing behind that line. Receiving course. Yeah, who can like imagine? Took a, took a big step forward. The run game. Ah, Going to be out of control. We got a big Haitian boy. Just fucking knocks people around. Well, I don't know why you're looking at me like that. We I can't know. celebrate the diversity of our team. <laughs> It was just the way you said it, and it reminded me. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with that guy? What's wrong with your high school coach? Yeah, he was old, man. I'm sorry. I, the the big thing really was old. that he called him a handsome Mexican boy. I just said big, which he certainly is. Yeah, if you, you look at Andre you he's got a large frame. There was no. You know, body shame or the inverse of that, and what you did—you just you just commenting on the dimensions of this young man, while my high school coach and recounting a player that he used to coach with all of us on bended knee in front of him said, "I want to tell Take you knee, man. about a player I used to coach. He was a handsome young Mexican boy. He sounds great. Yeah, it was. Did he play for the Cowboys? 
No, I don't think he did or does. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But Wade did laugh out loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Didn't think he was coming back from that one, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to have played football with Wade. What you an have experience no you got to have. Fucking idea, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea. The vanilla gorilla. It sounds fun. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of fun. I feel like fun. we just talked about this recently. But yeah. That Wade's was, football playing? I don't well, think when so. Well, my brother was a sophomore in high school. Uh, you know, he joined, you know, he was, he started on varsity. Yeah. And his like senior mentor was Wade. That's great. My friend Wade, who is, uh, he's got a PhD. He's mm-hmm. a very brilliant individual. He's appeared on this podcast a number of times, but uh, back then, man, I don't, I don't know how much I want to say because... He, yeah, we've been asked not to recount. Yeah, too, not too much. The but, specific highlights before. No, no. Although not, we have recounted them many times. But I'm more going before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. he was just a he was a wild man. And yeah, he was he, a, a middle linebacker and he was just he was a terror. He had an O for freshman year. Twelve months, zero credits. He did. It's tough to do. Which I feel like anyone who does though is a good time. Yeah. So my roommates, my freshman year of college, um, this is a, a, a tough. I don't say tough. It's just an interesting twofer to have in your home in your house. One of them received zero credits um, for the two semesters, and one of them received twelve credit hours, um, but six of them were the same um, sex ed class. <laughs> he just took it twice. <laughs> How's that work? I don't know. No one just, in the administration catches that. I don't know. Like he it was the only class he would really go to. Could he graduate with 120 sex ed credits? I don't know. I don't know if it was like with me with bowling. Like they let me take bowling twice because mm-hmm. he needed good. two physical fitness and wellness credits. But I mean, you could still learn more. Even, bowling one, bowling two. There's no doubt. Yeah, scoring. <laughs> uh, but but no we actually we we uh we met somebody that was in his class the second semester and they said that he would basically like try to teach it <laughs> that's great like he was there on day one like welcoming people in like, <laughs> hey hey you may know her. it's like dude you're not a ta <laughs> but he was just operating like a like a ta for all yeah, so the uh vast deference <laughs> yeah he's just like Kind of expounding on stuff. The prof- oh, so funny. And didn't you say last time that's not something you should ever say to your professor? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. And did yeah, yeah. It's that was him. I uh, I had one class that I repeated, and I college would be great if it was two years, and then you just got to do the two years again. Then you would understand the material. I've never understood the material of a class nearly as well as I did. At when I, you know, like if you listen half of the time twice, you get <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah, I tell it makes sense. Yeah, it's it's very good. It's a good way to learn. I never did that. Um, yeah, so I've uh, I've really been back on my bullshit. Good. <laughs> yeah, I good, was hoping yeah. you would want to hear that. I mean, I can tell based on the fact that I think I woke you up when I got here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Something has been engaged. Mm-hmm. No, that was just I had kid duty first thing, and uh, it did like I anytime I'm 
feeling the effects of ill sleep, I do now be like, I'm just so glad Jake doesn't have to do this anymore. He's sleeping good. What? <laughs> like you, you know, over the last year, yeah, year and a half, you slept much better. I'm sure there's a day or two here and there. Yeah, no, I was we more just hit the objective. Yeah, if we were to go calendar year up to October, yes, it was probably like a so better bad. year for sleep. Yeah, but it's so bad. Just like anything, like any it's task, very bad for you. I'm just like I don't want to do it. Like. The kid would just want me to like get something that required like standing up. And I'm like, it feels like the Holocaust to stand up. <laughs> yeah. I definitely know what you mean because I'm kind of back in it right now. But mine will end and I'll get back to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, mine's pretty much over now because I got this nice little nap. Hopefully we didn't nap too much though because I've been scared of napping now because of vampire mode. Wow. I don't need to get back in the vampire. This guy, mode. he goes to the dentist and he's afraid of naps. <laughs> I just know that if you if you lean on it too heavy, like I probably will feel droopy tomorrow around that time. That's what I've noticed. Yeah. And then, you know, you could start like when you, when you feel droopy then you're like, "Well, I could just bite the bullet, take this nap." And then next thing you know, napping too much during the day, you're not sleeping at night, people are calling you vampire. <laughs> It's tough. Some people. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want it. Uh, but no, I don't even mean that. I mean, uh, you know, taking a uh, overactive special interest in a, a story. I'd like to tell you, I mean, I, you know, there's a million ways I could take this. We could, you know, I'd, I'd like to weave this in and out over the next couple of uh, however many podcasts we do. Okay. But I've, I've tried to narrow the scope a little bit to just uh, get this to you right here. I want to tell you about a woman. A uh, 41-year-old stripper on heroin, strung out on heroin as we speak. Like not today. It's a story that happened in the past, but in the time of the story that I'm telling. Okay. She starts out on heroin. Uh, she's with two dudes. They're like, you're being annoying and a drunkard. Get the fuck out of here. They're all at a bar. They're like, get the fuck out of this bar. I'm not, doing, I'm not dealing with this shit anymore. Uh, she's trying to hitchhike. Gets uh gets hit by a car, tapped Ooh. tapped by a car, you know, minor cuts and abrasions, but uh they take her to the hospital. While she's at the hospital, they're like, "Boy, sure seems like she's coming off of heroin." So how about you put her in the jail to uh, dry out? Mm. And uh, when she's in the jail, she's not handling it well. She's wigging out a little bit. She's uh she's cutting on herself. She's cutting up her clothes. So they're like. You know what? Jail's not the place. We want state hospital, which I assume is code for mental institution. Uh, so this is, in, this is in Louisiana. So Louisiana state trooper at the jail uh, loads her up in an ambulance, puts her in a straitjacket, drives two hours to the state hospital. Over the course of this two-hour drive, uh, she's, you know, fucking loopy and gets to the point where she's, uh, she's chatty. And tells him that her and her two companions were going from Miami to Dallas with the intent to kill the president. I feel like I vaguely remember this story. What year are we talking? 1963. Wow. Okay. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I think she might have been onto something. <laughs> okay. This is November 20th, 1963. What? Yeah. Uh, 
And so she just gets, you know, she's in the mental hospital. Um, Fucking news comes over the radio. The president's been shot in Dallas. And uh, the troopers like, hold the phone. Like, (laughs) get, get, get her on the line. They're like, you can't talk to her right now. She's wigging out too bad right now. He's like, all right, well, whenever she comes out of it, you let me know. I'd like to have a chat with her. And two days later, she sobers up. He stops by the the mental hospital and she's like, yeah, you know, it's with two dudes. I didn't know him super well. Uh, I think they and see me. I'm I'm with all the other stuff I'm on on this. I'm waiting for the word Cuban to come out of her mouth. And she's like, I think they were Italian. Or they might have been Cuban. I'm like, we got a bingo. Uh, and uh, yeah, they it was part of a, a larger to-do list. So they're they're all, you know, underworld figures. You know, she's a lady of the evening. Uh, they're two pimps, is alleged later. Um, and uh, they're there to do this bit of underworld business. And she's there. Uh, with them to also do some uh, drug running. Like they're going to hit Dallas, kill JFK, go down to Houston. And in Houston, there's a guy who has her baby. I don't know if it's like in a threatening way or like I'll keep track of this for you way, but he's got her baby and he's got a bunch of money and she's supposed to pick up the money and give it to a sailor in Galveston who's got 10 kilos of heroin on him. He's coming in. He's bringing the heroin by boat. He's going to get off the boat, give her the heroin. She gives him the money. She takes the baby, continues on about this drug trafficking. Got it. And so they're like, all right. It's going to be tough to know whether or not, like, uh, you know, I mean, she doesn't know Lee Harvey, or she does say that she does know Lee Harvey Oswald, but she's not with Lee Harvey Oswald. That's not who they're traveling with. And, uh, you know, everyone knew essentially immediately that he was the the primary suspect. Um, and so uh, they're like, all right, well, that that part's not making a ton of sense yet, but let's look at the rest of the story. Is it true? They call up the, you know, Port Authority or whatever, determine that the ship that she says is coming in is coming in. They confirm that soldier or that sailor is on the ship. They talk with the Houston authorities and give them the guy, the name of the guy who has the money. And they're like, oh, yeah, he's we know him. He's a big drug trafficker. So every part of that is true and accurate. <laughs> um, they uh, they call up the Dallas police and they're like, hey, we got this lady here. And by the time they get the Dallas police on the line, Ruby has already shot Oswald. So the Dallas police are just like, I don't think we need any more help with this case. We found the killer, and he's dead. So, all good. Uh, federal authorities say essentially the same thing. You know, just like, you're just fucking this up for us. We have a clean narrative. We don't need to add two other people to it. Um, Especially with one of them being a hooker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, uh, this guy, the trooper, uh, by the way, if you're wondering, is, is, is TC getting all this from one of those kooky JFK books? In a way, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the book is getting it from, like, I, I learned about it from the book, but uh, I, I went from there to the original source. In 1978, this Louisiana State Trooper uh, spoke with the House Select Committee on Assassinations. 
This is congressional testimony, like part of the congressional investigation. It's in the file. I read it of like one of the investigators spoke to him and wrote a summary of his recollections. And what I'm telling you is all a summary of his recollections. This fits into the file of why couldn't the Pizzagate people just have got on this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, in in fairness to them, uh, <laughs> like, you know, the, the kooks in this country have been pretty fixated on JFK for a while. That's true. It's the grandfather. Like, Q doesn't exist. It's no surprise that JFK Jr. pops up in it. That's the, true. The, like, beginning... I. I'm sure that there were weirdos thinking weird things throughout all of history, but uh, like all conspiracy stuff tracks back to JFK, which makes sense to me because everyone watched as the CIA killed the president. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, this the state trooper eventually, uh, you know, he's in Louisiana. He's it's. The other way from Lafayette, from New Iberia, Eunice, Louisiana, is where all this goes down. And it's about the same distance from Lafayette as New Iberia, but in the exact other direction. Yep. Um, and so uh, this guy eventually uh, is doing investigations for Jim Garrison, the New Orleans DA that gets real hopped up on JFK stuff, uh, which I... I'm never sure if I want to fully like I I would like to continue to examine the uh, the Jim Garrison file. I'm not sure that I I fully sign on to every aspect of what he's alleging, but you know whatever he was he was very interested in it, and I I don't think he found nothing. Um, and so they uh, whenever he's working for Garrison, the state trooper, he goes back to the bar that she got thrown out of. The owner of the bar is the same guy. And they're like, hey, uh, do you remember this? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a big hubbub. They threw her out, whatever. They're like, can you identify the men? And he's like, yeah, they're pimps that run hookers in the here all the time. Like, they're just bringing ladies up from Florida. They spend a couple of weeks here hooking, and then they go back to Florida. Um, and so they, uh, he positive, positively identifies them. And they're Cuban revolutionaries with CIA connections. Oh, yeah. Like uh, I, one of them once filled out a car loan application when they asked what his employer was. He just wrote CIA. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that's pretty straightforward. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, you know, that's, that's the big thing. Before JFK was shot, a woman was like, these Cubans with CIA connections that I'm with are going to shoot him. And then, uh, <laughs> then they did. And then, cause, uh, I, so getting diving back into all of it was, uh, I watched Oliver Stone made his second JFK movie. It's a documentary came out last year. Did you hear about it at all? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of like the, the premise is that as a result of the first movie, uh, they passed laws of regarding the records because, like, it was supposed to be that none of that stuff could be unsealed until 2029. And they were like, okay, let's look through and everything that we can release before 2029, let's just get it out there. And so the documentary is just kind of looking at all that stuff and building on that. It doesn't touch on this story at all. Um, in the original movie, the, the movie JFK opens with this woman. 
so it's not like I'm discovering something for the first time or whatever, you know. Okay. Uh, but I I had not heard about it. I was blown away. I did see the movie, but I don't really remember it. And I I kind of think Oliver Stone sucks. As do I. <laughs> yeah, Although any yeah. given Sunday's a banger. Uh, even that, like, it, it has his, his Shut mistakes. Shut fucking mouth. It's a great movie, but, like, in spite of him doing his bullshit that he always does, he puts a fucking eye on the field, dude. Dude, a guy just died, almost died the other night. But he kept all of his eyes in his head the whole time. It's a fair counterpoint. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fair counterpoint. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the... I just... I don't know. Yeah, the, the documentary got me on... I've, it's it's got a very good copy of the uh, Zapruder film in it, and I've certainly watched the Zapruder film many times before. And I kind of want to just pull it up. I think it'd be too hard, but like, go go and watch it, and just tell like wipe away everything you know. Wipe like just just you know see it with new eyes of like, what does it look like is happening? It just it really looks like the shots coming from in front of them, and they got a lot of stuff in the documentary about. Uh, the doctors who worked on him at Parkland, they, in their press conference, were like, we got a, a entrance wound in the front, exit wound in the back, and then uh, there's, you know, whatever. That That's pretty persuasive, but that, so I wouldn't say that this next bit's like crucial for your whatever, but if you just want to layer it, on, layer it on top of it, one of the people speaking in the documentary is like, I worked with that doctor later, uh, he knew I was a JFK nut, so I pressed him on it a number of times, and he would always say he didn't want to talk about it. Then one night, after a long surgery, we were just kind of unwinding, and he was like, yeah, they pressured the hell out of me to change the diagnosis from what it obviously was, which is that the bullet came in in the front of him and exited through the back. Uh, and I don't know, dude. I always want to know, like, what's Oliver Stone not telling me? Like, you know, is there some doctor that's like, obviously, it's a fucking the other way around. Anyone with a medical degree could tell this. But I don't know. I, I haven't heard anyone say that. And I'm just telling you. So, I don't know. You know, like, I, I feel like I, I've always viewed the, you know, the, the grassy knoll stuff is like, you're really starting to sound nuts mm -hmm. when you get to there. Uh, like, if you want to say that, I, I mean, like. I don't know. If, if you look at Oswald's history and you don't think that there's CIA connections, I don't know what to tell you. Like, he worked on a base for the U-2 spy planes that CIA was all over. He defected to Russia with no money, but immediately before uh, he got there was staying in, like, the nicest hotels in uh, Europe. Uh, like, he was, hangs out in Russia for two years. Then it's just like... Actually, I'd rather go back to America. And America's like, oh, the Marine who lied to get out of the Marines and then fucking renounced his situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, let's help you out. Uh, he lands in America. The guy who picks him up is like a leading member of like an anti-communist organization. So you think that guy is like, oh, the uh, Russian emigre. Come on in. <laughs> like, I don't know. Dude. Like, so let me ask you this. Is whatever became of these two, these two men? Uh, one of them, Garrison tried to like, uh, loop him into the trial and he was in Texas and Texas wouldn't extradite him. Like they were like, you know, if he doesn't want to testify, he doesn't have to. And he didn't. Um, and then I'm not even, I'm not on trial sure for something unrelated. 
No, no. Garrison was trying to like, uh, you know, have him answer questions about the JFK assassination. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying like he was already in custody for something else. No, he was just in Texas and they were like, you know, can you, will, will you get Texas authorities to pick him up? And they were like, no, unless he comes to Louisiana, you can't nab him. So I guess the part that you're losing me a little bit on is, is the idea that there were going to like, was this a race to the finish? Like, no, I I th- I think that it was all like <clears throat> I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't want to like land on anything too hard because I feel like there's a lot of unknowns and I'm I'm just more like saying that there's enough here that uh we sh- we should all keep looking and asking questions. <laughs> I don't know, it's an insane thing to say about something that happened in 1963. Uh but I'll continue conducting my research, I'll tell you that. Good. But, um you know, just uh, like, cause yeah, you know, I think that Oswald is in is involved in the CIA, um, and so uh, you know, I I, th- I just whatever he says, he's a patsy. Like, what if what if you take that seriously? You know, like he's he's not saying like I'm not involved at all. Like that's a pretty peculiar. Like if you were uh, just a random bystander, wouldn't you say I'm innocent? Yes. He's saying, like, I'm the fall guy for the operation I'm involved in. Yeah. Patsy's such a weird word to use otherwise, you know? Yeah, yeah. I um, mean, maybe... Maybe it was more common the back D- then. Yeah, exactly. I don't fucking know. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would I would just say that, like, the CIA had a team. He was part of the team. He didn't probably know until the end of it that he was the, the part of the team that was going to get killed. Because <laughs> um, that was another thing is the woman... While she's on, so to do the, to investigate the stuff in Galveston, they tried to catch the drug smuggler in Galveston, but he slipped them. Um, and so they flew the woman from Louisiana, Houston. While they were on the plane, uh, you know, someone has a newspaper open and it says uh, that Jack Ruby and Lee Harvey didn't know each other, had no connection. And she was like, that's dumb. Of course they do. They're fucking lovers. That's what she alleged. Okay, they're gay lovers. I don't know if I'm losing people by introducing the idea that LHO and Jack Ruby are gay lovers. It feels too far to me. That's not a that's not a <laughs> primarily endorsed part of my story. Uh, but she was like, "Yeah, I I stripped in Jack Ruby's clubs. I've met Lee Harvey through that. Like he's he's around. And I don't know if that if he's just around all the time at Jack Ruby's clubs. I think that someone would speak up about it. But I I, I don't know. I don't know. Um." But yeah, and I mean, that's all, you know, what she says after the fact, like, she's, you know, no offense, like, mentally unstable, heroin-addicted hooker, like, what are you going to do? But whenever she says before the fact, I'm with some men traveling to Dallas to kill the president, you know, what do you want? Like, I feel like I've heard a ton of people talk about this from a ton of different angles and if it's in the oliver stone original movie i guess i should know this but i've never heard any of this before in my life yeah despite having watched the movie i i also was like what the fuck like i i was yeah i it's it's interesting stuff i'd like to see someone contend with it you know what i mean like yeah um because the other thing and i i you know maybe this is uh for uh maybe you can flesh it out more later i, I don't know or maybe i can do it good enough here is in uh, a month before in Chicago, JFK was attending the Army Air Force game that was being played at Soldier Field. I saw that photo you posted. Uh, which one? 
Or no, maybe that was uh, an orange bowl or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I think that they just canceled the trip. So the Secret Service got a tip. The tipster said his name was Lee. I don't know anything. I'm just letting you know. That's a fact. They received the tip. He said his name was Lee. Which Lee? History will, will, you know, whatever. Um, And uh, that said that someone was going to try and kill JFK on his way to the game. And then, uh, as they're investigating that tip, a woman called in and said that uh, she'd had rooms rented from her by four men carrying high-powered rifles with telescopic sights who had a drawing of the parade route with them. And they were like, oh, seems bad. (laughs) And so they... uh, they tried to track them, um, got like uh, two of the guys, and then uh, the other two just, you know, in the wind. And I don't I, – see, this is why I, – I, I had the, uh, the, the woman from before. His, her name is Rose Sheremy. I had the Rose Sheremy thing nailed down, this one. I still like need to, you know, dot my I's and cross my T's. Um, so I don't know exactly what happened to the four guys, but then uh, after all that goes down, like pretty immediately, a guy gets picked up for wandering around the streets of Chicago, looking like a loon, saying that he's going to kill the president. And uh, whenever you look into his background, his last name's uh, Vi, I think Daniel Vi, although I could be wrong about that. Uh, I know it's Vi um, or Valley, you know, whatever V A L L E, and. He and see, this is all stuff that's in the Oliver Stone documentary because I think that this whole thing didn't come out till like 2009. The reports of the you know the attempt on JFK's life in Chicago. Uh, but he's an ex Marine who's a loner who is stationed at a U 2 base in Japan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and uh. Oswald was moved from New Orleans, or you know, he 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 was in New Orleans until like three months before. Then he came to Dallas. This guy was in Long Island and then relocated to Chicago, like you know, three months before this whole thing's going down. So they had a a couple of different uh, routes they were going to look at taking. Yeah, it looks like that they've got a rough idea of a plan of we'll have a a squad of assassins and then a guy we can pin it on. And I don't know, you know, like Lee Harvey worked in the book depository. There's really no question that someone in the book depository was trying to do something. The Oliver Stone documentary tries to get into Lee Harvey wasn't on the sixth floor. Like there's eyewitnesses wouldn't put him there. Something. I don't know. I don't. Whatever. You know, that that stuff kind of. I'm not sure. I it's whatever. You know, it's it's not something that I'm like fully endorsing. Um, but it, it seems like he had to be involved somehow, somewhere. Um, but, uh, yeah. And I mean, I, the thing is I, I try to keep the conspiracy, like the number of people here, like very small, you know, like, cause it just, that's what I believe about these. Anytime you're trying to keep a secret, it's easier if it's five people versus if it's 50. And I could kind of see how, you know, I mean, like, Whatever. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to sound like a kook, but I've, I've got a couple of CIA names that uh, <laughs> I think that everyone agrees, you know, people look at it of like, these guys look suspicious. But like, I don't think it's too many people past that. You know, I, I think there was a couple dudes, um, you know, that like, like, I, I don't know that the acting director at the time was like asking for updates on how this mission was going. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that there was some dudes that kind of operated within a loose mandate that the director may or may not be aware of. Um, you know, I mean, Alan Dulles wasn't the director by then. He JFK had fired him. And I've, you know, I suspect that like it was he was kind of still acting as the director in this capacity. You know, that like he had his guys that he felt good about and was like, need you boys to do something for me. You know, that guy who fired me. And I mean, there's a lot of like the fact that the fact I was asking was waiting for them to be Cubans in the car with a woman uh, is because that's that's a big part of this. Like, um, you know, the the start of my interest in all this stuff is blowback season two about uh, Castro and uh, Bay of Pigs and all that stuff. Uh, But it's it's an agreed upon fact that uh like you know they they have like interviews with the people involved in uh on the the podcast of that jfk had opened up like back channel conversations with castro where he was intimating after re-election let's talk about lifting this embargo like this this bay of pigs thing didn't go how i wanted at all i'd like to try an entirely different tact where like we find a way to live with each other and you know the, the the apparatus that was there, uh, you know, it's that was spun up. But like the the people that put the Bay of Pigs into which you know was Dulles uh, into motion, um, that they're like, no, we're not going to entirely fail at our mission and have our worst nightmares come true. We'll just fucking kill the guy. Uh, I don't know, whatever. Uh, I hope none of that sounds like I'm crazy, but I feel like it's all grounded in. I don't think it sounds like you're crazy. It's something that, you know, it's one of those topics that um, for a long time I've thought, boy, there's no way I'm ever going to know everything about this. Yeah. So I probably just shouldn't even try to know a little bit about this. I feel I like that's ever, where I've been for a lot of time. If you run into those type of topics. Yeah, yeah. Like, nah, I'm just, there's just no way. There's no way that I'm going to get to a point where I feel like I'm satisfied with what I know about this. So. And I just, it's not, I, but I'm super interested in it. And also there's the fact that, you know, yeah, it's a level up, but like, that's what the CIA does. They, yeah. They kill world leaders. Especially at this time. Oh like, yeah, for sure. They've got a playbook and you, you tell me that like, I mean, I've made this point on this podcast before, but like they care enough about fucking Iran and Guatemala that they're going to, th- but the country they live in, they're like, eh, who gives a shit? We'll just let, we'll just leave it up to the voters. Well, I mean, the risk is obviously significantly higher, but yeah, I, I get yeah, your point. Yeah, but this, you know, they, they've been perfecting, the, they've, nothing in their experience has told them that they shouldn't control the world. Like, they're just getting green light after green light of like, you know what? You are God. You feel like the CIA is on a, a little bit of a cool streak? See, I, I think it doesn't it, seem as cool. Yeah, I guess I should, shouldn't what, use both those words back. What about back. Uh, that ad? What about the. Oh, yeah, the uh, with the lady? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a Latinx with a generalized anxiety disorder, but I can still work at the CIA. Yeah, that's. Uh, you got to feed Ben Shapiro his red meat every now and then. <laughs> yeah. Now, I see the thing I. It's probably just harder to exit or to assassinate people now. I bet that. Like post church committee, they made some modifications. But the other thing to keep in mind is that so much of this stuff, people had no idea at the time. Sure. Like Iran, Guatemala, all that. Like no one at the time in America thought that the United States had controlled 
Iran's government in that way. So uh, maybe 20 years from now, we'll find out that. Yeah. Yeah. Z- you Zelensky's can only know. A- <laughs> yeah. Like 30, 40 years looking back. Yeah, dude. Who the fuck? No. I mean, yeah. I mean, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You've been doing that a lot lately. <laughs> I'm trying not to. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, oh, it's fascinating. I've been in kind of the same boat of like, like now, if I uh, run into someone who is like a, a you know, Oswald acted alone guy, I am gonna be like, what about Rose Shermery? And th- I think that you just sound insane. Whatever you're like throwing out like buzzwords around it and you're like, what about this? What about this? You remember what Garrison said, you know, <laughs> like I've got to say that to someone at some point. <laughs> and like, I just know right now, I, I like, I, I'll, I'll leave my body at that point and become like a, observing it from on high. And I'll be like, boy, that the guy that's me looks insane. <laughs> and I, I feel like that's my uh, reason of not diving in before now, but you know, now I'm in. That's not what vampire mode is about. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. It's about throwing caution to the wind. You're right. You're so right. Diving in. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know if we'll have a second episode this week or not. You got a big week. I got a big week. My kid's not in school, so I also have a big week. Like I was like, I could just do one, but then I looked at like the rest of the week. I'm like, no, I cannot. <laughs> I've I've got too much childcare to do. But yeah, we'll be back with a couple next week. Yeah, I'll be all right. All right, we'll see. You. Thanks, folks. That's it for tonight. The high school special is next. So until tomorrow, for everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.